Facts. <laughs> That's real shit, man. I mean, it is it is what it is. You just you 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 just have to be persistent and persevere because the obstacles are going to come. If you got one, spark up. You listen to the Higher Learning Podcast with 420 NJ Events. Let's go! Happy 420, everybody. Welcome to the Higher Learning with 420 NJ Events Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Robinson. Here with my brother, my co-host, Stan O'Coro. Stan, what's up, baby? Come on, brother. Chilling, man. I'm chilling. Normally, guys, we got a special guest for you tonight. I got a couple special guests for you. Um, so, you know, we're doing an extra special edition tonight for our audience. Um, and, and rather than me introduce these guys, I want to let them introduce themselves in a moment. But I want us all to understand what's happening right now. This is East Coast Cannabis right here. Okay? That's right. You know what I'm talking about? We got four of the most prominent cultivation experts. And I'm so excited to introduce to you the Meet the Growers special edition of the 420 NJF podcast. So without further ado, I want to just go around the room. Let my boys introduce themselves. All right, let's get it. Go ahead, Nick. Cool. Well, I'm Nick Kondo. I represent Ascend Wellness, New Jersey. I'm the Senior Director of Operations and Cultivation for the site. I'm Nick D. I'm uh, the Cultivation Manager for Terrace in New Jersey, the first greenhouse and in our indoor facility as well. Um, I got started in cannabis about uh, four years ago, and uh, that's pretty much it. What's up, guys? Uh, Anson McManus. I am the cultivation manager for Justice Cannabis Company here in New Jersey. Uh, we're located in Ewing, Ewing New Jersey. So that's just using my dog. Uh, it's all good, bro. I got into cannabis, um, saw, the, saw the benefit of it, and um, you know, been, been pretty much a lifelong uh, smoker and user. And uh, when, when, you know, I'm from Michigan, and when that started opening up, you know, in 2008, it was like, you know, I'm gonna grow weed. Like, I was just was watching everybody, actually watching Kenobi and some of these other cats out there do it. And just like, you know, shit was crazy. So it just, uh, you know, we knew, we knew we wanted to be a part of it. So I'm gonna put my dog in the room too, by the way. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Dr. Kenobi, uh, better known as Brandon Shope. Uh, I'm the director uh, director of cultivation at Kanapa Valley Farms in uh, Vassar, Michigan. Uh, we get a 90 acre site um, and we're probably going to be in construction for the foreseeable future because it's just so much space. Um, and uh, uh, in my day, I've cultivated quite a few uh, cannabis plants and managed over a million acres of canopy. Um, and yeah, um, cultivation is my thing. Yeah, straight up, straight up. Well, listen, we obviously got a uh, all-star lineup here, man. Um, fellas, I mean, first, first and foremost, I'm just, I just appreciate all four of you guys. I know how busy you are. I know how tedious your jobs are. So just taking that time out to sit down here and chat with us, man. We appreciate y'all first and foremost. So thank you. Um, and I meant a million square feet, not a million acres. Square feet, square feet, square feet, not acres. Oh shit. Like, uh, I hope yeah. to get. I hope hope to get to a million acres, but a uh, million square feet right now. Nah, that's real. That's real. So, fellas, listen, man. I mean, we, we want to keep it a, a very open forum and just just kind of chat. You know, obviously, if you're smoking, have a couple smokes. Um, I'm, I'm gonna start it off here, guys. You know, one of the things for me, um, you know, we've been in this space really hardcore. You know, in the cannabis space for the last six, seven months, and um, you know, cultivation seems to be one of the hardest things to get down and you guys obviously do it you love it you're good at it so i want to just kind of kick it off there like where did that love for cultivating start mm, i'll start um so for me i'll make it quick because i know brandon's heard this a million times my story and um you know i got started in cannabis when i was 18 i started smoking when my stepdad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer um my uh, 
you know, I figured out that smoking made me give him pain relief. You know, I didn't know much about it. Uh, when I was 22 or 21, my 24-year-old, 25-year-old cousin was diagnosed with a colon cancer. Um, I knew a little bit more about cannabis at the time. You know, goes and RSOs, and I treated him and things like that. Um, they made him comfortable for the end of his life, and you know, I knew for me that there's like more to it um, and that I could figure out like maybe I can get into this industry and figure out what is there more to it um, and for me I essentially just started researching cannabis I grew for Greenleaf for about a year uh, I left and ended up the uh, head grower at Terrason I've been there for two years I helped them build the entire facility up from the ground up it's been an adventure for sure but you know for me it was patience and you know providing clean, great medicine for the patients, you know, because everyone complains about the program and no one does anything about it. So for me, it was like, you know, I want to get inside the program and do something about it um, and help people with cancer and things like that. And that's really what motivated me to get into cannabis. And to be honest, and Brandon knows, like, I also just love weed. You know, I love smoking weed. I'll sit here and smoke four or five months. I'll take dabs all night. You know, I love cannabis, but I love the plant. I love what it does for people, patients, myself. Um, so that's why I'm at. And listen, oh, this is a, a bit about me. A shameless plug to Nick D. I'm smoking on his Wonka bar right now. Hey. Man, <laughs> this, this thing is going, man. <laughs> but that's what why I got into cannabis, guys. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm in it for the plan. I'm in it for the love of weed. Um, I don't have an ornamental horticulture degree. I didn't go to college for, for plants. I didn't go to college, actually, at all. You know, I'm the weed guy that loves weed, um, but loves it for the right reasons and, you know, wants to change it for the better. Genetics are my thing. I love the genetics, so, you know. Hopefully this program in Jersey will really start to be ramped up for what it can be for the last 10 years it's been sleeping. So, you know, with all of us, you know, I hope things do change. So, you know, that's why I'm here though. <laughs> cool. Real shit. Real shit. Cool. I'll, I'll hit it next. So, uh, right when I got out of college, uh, 2014, I worked a sales job for a little bit, a couple months. Definitely wasn't for me. I learned that the hard way very quickly. Um, I had heard of this program popping up. Greenleaf was the first in 2012. I had heard like whisperings of it. Um, so I would drive on the weekends and on my free time banging on doors, these ATCs with my resume, begging people to hire me. I didn't really know where, why I wanted to do this. All I knew is I was kind of following my gut feeling. Um, Compassionate Sciences, which eventually turned into Cureleaf was the, uh, the spot that gave me an opportunity, which happened to be the furthest one from my house. So I quit my job commuted an hour and 45 minutes to work to and fro every day. Um, when I first got there, I saw, you know, it was very terminal patients at the time. And I really saw how much this medicine meant to these people who were really on their last breath a lot of the times. I was in the dispensary once and uh, we were talking to an ex chief of narcotics. And this one always stuck with me and he was in tears. And I asked him what was wrong. Um, and he said, I had been locking people up for this this drug uh, my whole career and now this is my medicine it's the only thing that's keeping me alive and that really stuck with me that was one of my first weeks in cannabis and I said man you know I, I wasn't sure why why I was here why I want to be here but now I know why I'm here and uh, that just really opened my eyes to what kind of this this medicine this plant could do for people and I'm just so honored um, proud to be a part of the program and giving people relief for sure. I remember like, you know, if you guys remember this or how old you are, young by that fact, um, the Scholastic Reader was like something they gave to us in the 90s in school. And there was one that was like in 1996, California had their medical marijuana program. Before that, the, the um, you know, the D.A.R.E. program and all this stuff. And um, 
it was like, oh, this cannabis medicine and people are taking it for all this stuff. And I was like, I went to a, like a Christian private school and they were like, you know, drugs are so bad. And I was like, fascinated. I thought that was like incredible. I was like, people are like smoking this, med. like I knew what weed was, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, I knew I knew enough, you know, from from just life and experience or whatever that, um, you know, that I was like, man, that's pretty cool. And I remember being like one of the few people that was like, no, like they asked everybody what they thought. And I was like, I think that's fascinating. I think it's really nice that they're helping people. And, you know, fast forward to, uh, you know, discovering cannabis as a young teenager. And it right away just helped with my ADD, helped with my my focus, um, you know, help, help me with my mental so much. I remember you know, um, and I'm gonna steal this from my boy Carl. Brendan's heard this one before. Um, I used to sneak the the uh, the High Times magazine. I found out that they were selling that in the stores, and I was sneaking those into my house like a playboy. <laughs> under the, under the, under the, uh, I'm sure many of us have done it. I never heard that until my buddy said that to me. But um, you know, um, you know, it was like that with the passion and really just trying to um, you know start a couple seeds outside. Failed every time with it kind of just went through life, you know, what was going on, you know, figured time to, you know, get serious when it was time for college and, you know, was focusing on other stuff that really didn't excite me, business. And, you know, my father's in business and econ uh, major. So thought I was going to do something with that. And then, you know, the cannabis program started opening up in Michigan in 2008. And, you know, I saw the future in it. And so was kind of just working, you know, doing the landscape. I literally remember Dr. Kenobi getting in your live. I was telling them before they got on, but I used to sit there and, and watch your live where you would just be at the facility in Cali um, showing on Instagram. And I was like, man, like, I was growing a couple plants and then, you know, a little 12 plants and stuff. And like, I just being like, man, one day this landscape company that I'm at right here is just gonna be, I'm gonna be in a field of dreams. And, um, you know, it's, um, and that was something that stuck with me. It was just like, it's just hard work. That's, that's what it is. You just gotta outwork. Uh, you got to have the passion because if you don't, you're not going to survive in this space. Man, my story's got a lot of twists and turns, but you know, the 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 meat of it was, you know, I liked weed and I didn't want to pay for it. And <laughs> I'll do it. So you know that that's that's where it all started. Is like, man, this weed stuff is good, and the weed that you know was around that I had first access to had hella seeds because it was bullshit Reggie's. So I don't know. My mother-in-law somehow, some way, we ended up with uh, this this uh, what do you put your like China, uh, China cabinet. And it was like I don't know. This thing was falling apart, so it had a mirror in it. So I like somehow fashioned this thing with like the light bulb into like uh, the most rudimentary bullshit grow box. And I planted the germinated some Reggie seeds and got them up to fruition and grew them into the most nasty monstrosity seeded <laughs> three little plants. And that's how in, a, in an apartment. The, which presented all types of man and then I went from there to the walk-in closet <clears throat> and then I don't know the, the just thing and then it started to bleed into other people who had no had spaces in their houses like let me put a light in there and figuring out how to get this much money to get this at the ballast or trying all these different grow boxes and bullshit things and spending all this money and all this different things. I, I've tried it all. And uh, hanging out at grocery stores to get information. Um, 
and just <clears throat> my whole like overarching goal was always to be better the next year than I was the previous year always to do more always to do more and that just every year I've always done more and now it's like the fucking few bumps in the road because we all know you run into some of these sneaky type of people that like to take advantage of your talents so that bump made made the road a little bumpy but you know still always forward progression forward progression forward progression and i always wanted more and more until now i'm in control of you know a very super you know a, a large a very large situation where i have a lot of people that i'm responsible for even bigger than california in my own backyard so you know and even still this once i get you know a handle on this i'm going to want to expand beyond this and get multiple sites under the belt so it's just always wanting to expand and it started off with literally some seeds out of some reggies like and i'm thinking i can get over on the weed man by growing my own stuff and here we are 16 years later trying to get over on the weed man <laughs> <laughs> That's real shit, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, guys. Like, what's so dope about all your stories is just like the hard work and the progression, right? Obviously, Nick being impacted by his uh, stepfather and his cousin, um, Nick C banging on doors every Saturday. Anson, you kind of taking the approach, just being an enthusiast from the jump. You know, you sneaking the magazines in, in, in your crib. And obviously, Doc, you know, you're going through the, the Reggie progress. I mean. Um, one of the biggest misconceptions we see talking to folks here in Jersey is just people think cultivating is easy. And I'm glad you guys all kind of started there. And I kind of want to take the next, you know, next, next topic there. Just like for the viewers who are watching this who want to be cultivators, just kind of explain just the level of commitment that goes into your role. Um, I, oh, go ahead, doctor. I was going to say attention to detail, attention to detail, attention to detail. It all starts there. Um, everything, you know, if you want to be good at this, attention to detail, everything matters. You have to understand from your environment, everything you see and feel matters. Um, and in those details will make or break your situation. Um, big or small, it all starts with attention to detail and everything else radiates out from that, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, if you want to be a leader in any space, but especially this kind of space, you got to wake up in the morning and one of your first, if not your first thoughts got to be about the plant. What can I do to be better? What can we do to change um, for better growth? Um, but it's got to be your first thought in the morning. It's got to consume you. You got to dedicate your time and attention to it fully. Nick would agree on this one too. He says when we wake up in the morning, if we even went to sleep, because like he said, you know, we're there 24 seven, honestly, you know, 12 days is the minimum yeah. hour per day. You can be there up to 18 to 20 and getting a nap in on a cot. And yeah. Then in the room and coming back, you know, sleeping there for snow days because you know, those are going to go down. So, you know, I agree with that 100%. And also, like Dr. said, uh, you know, um, detail but details and cleanliness you know details down to your cleanliness you got every detail that matters but you know cleanliness in this industry is going to go a long way to adapt to the details you know so i agree with all that i'd say it's i mean all that and just it comes down to like you know a love of you know you want to see that good result you've been growing i mean you know you you're not going to not try you're not going to put in no effort and get the fire you know mm -hmm. you, you got to put out to, to put out the fire and to like have that and see it 
and to have a lot of it, you just you you, you it gives me goosebumps in the in the in the summer, man. It's like it's a beautiful thing, yep. and I mean you know it that that just just that level of work and pride that you can that you can take in that, um, and you know I'm I'm certainly not gonna you know uh, see my team and, and you know be uh, unsuccessful from lack of effort. You know we gotta just hold each other accountable and just be to that highest standard because ultimately this is medicine that people consume with their lungs and you know some people are eating it but you know you do have those end of life patients and i mean just for me and for, and for other people you know if just smoke for the enjoyment um you know or for like other you know more minor conditions like add like uh, it's just the the level of joy that you can bring to somebody from from good pleasant cannabis and the opposite of that is that I mean, you can get a patient to buy one time. If you can't get them to buy again, it's because your shit sucks. Yep. <laughs> it hurts. I don't ever want to hear mids on the on the on the store. Nothing like that, you know. Fuck. Stay off you know credit. You know what else yeah. has helped me a lot? Um, organization, um, extreme organization, almost like you know, to the level of just you. You must be anal retentive. And you must be organized and recording your your data, and then looking at that and looking what went right and looking what's wrong. You gotta record and analyze your data every day. Excel is your best friend. Be organized because the data that you collect should compile quickly, um, and then you need to be able to look at that data, analyze that, and make one change at a time. Also. That's another thing that I learned when you're dealing with your grow. It's like tuning a car. You don't want to make multiple changes at a time because then if you don't know what worked. You want to make one change at a time, observe, record, and then decide if you want to keep that change or you go back to the previous setting. You know what I'm saying? And there's changes and you know tuning your grow should be a long, tedious process because time is at a premium you need to be constantly recording your data and what you do because you can't go back and look if you you know what i'm saying you have to have that that record there and then you have to organize your time and allot the time for yourself as a grower to be by yourself and then to analyze all this data that you're collecting or you have people collecting on your behalf so that you can then determine what strategy if any that you need to employ I see that's one of the realest things I ever heard. Like, I agree completely with everything you just said. <laughs> no, it's real. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, I, Anson and Nick, I know you guys very well. I'm, I'm getting to know Nick and uh, Dr. Kenobi better. But w- one thing you guys always preach is just the cleansiness, right? And in, in the quality of the medicine. So when I think about that, I'm curious, like, what, is you, what are you guys thoughts on just the testing of cannabis right now? And the different, you know, different things you're testing for, different things you're looking for, and just... Getting, getting us to a place where we have more quality cannabis available to patients and you know whoever else wants to consume. I'd like to see New Jersey bring on, um, I think that the third party labs are coming, but I'd like to see them bring on, you know, terpene testing. Um, I think that that's a big thing, you know, for me, I, I really like to know what the nose is gonna be or just, you know, for, for patients who are, you know, seeking out specific terpenes or blends. Um, you know, I think as operators, we would like to have a little bit more transparency. You know, the Department of Health is doing the testing. Um, you know, in, in Michigan and other states, they give you a complete breakdown of action limits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, LOQ, LO, you know, I, I'm not an 
that upon the, um, I'm sure somebody else could speak to some of those other testing parameters, but you know, what's the limit of how small can they see? How, what is a pass? What is a fail? New Jersey has said they just test for pesticides. They test for mold. And I think we've seen moldy product from some of these ATCs. So, um, you know, are they doing a plate test? Are they doing, um, you know, a colony forming unit test? Um, You know, um, are they just looking at it with a microscope? Um, You know, what, what is the test? And, you know, how, you know, I, I don't want that information so that I can beat it. I just want that information so that I can, you know, make informed decisions. Yep. Yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to, to travel the network for Cureleaf and the entirety for Ascend. And I believe New Jersey is the only state that I've been to that doesn't have a pass-fail type program or uh, tests for heavy metals, things that can hurt people and things that we should be preventing from getting in our, into our medicine. So I think we're a little outdated and third-party labs are coming underway. And I think it's a great thing and it's an appropriate thing to have for our patients so they know what they're consuming. You know, they're only testing once a year and it's really just for a uh, cannabinoid profile, which is, in my opinion, just not just not good enough. We should be providing more information for the patients and just to know that what we're putting into the medicine ourselves. You know, there's a lot of different ways like heavy metals could get into the cannabis through grow mediums, through different things. And uh, we, sh- we should be aware of that. And the fact that we don't know is, is troublesome to me, for sure. That's real shit. I mean, Nick, you, I mean, you were kind of talking about it yesterday, man. Just like, you know, you guys are obviously purists, in, you know, in, in what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I agree with you. Being able to make an informed decision based on, hey, I know this works, I know this doesn't work. To Anson's point, it's not about cheating the system or asking for an easier path. It's about just knowing what the hell you're up against. I think we'd like to see the ability to do R&D testing too. You know, the, the testing for the lab is very expensive through the state agency versus, you know, if I just want to know what the terpene profile is in, in the state of Michigan, I can just have the lab come and pick up a sample and yep. test the terpene profile. Yeah. You know, and uh, we also don't test final product here in the state of New Jersey for yep. process product. That makes zero sense. Yes. It really does. And there's also the huge turnaround times in New Jersey. I'm waiting on test results for over a month now, which is crazy where versus in Illinois or in Michigan, you have it back within a week. Wow. Yeah. Or you'll go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Question. So if you're waiting on, on something to get tested, you can't put it out to the public, right? No, sir. So you're just saying. Well, the problem with New Jersey is um, as soon as they test it, those are your results for the year, which also doesn't make a ton of sense as every batch or crop of cannabis could be entirely different than the last, although it could be the same strain. Um, Like I said, our program is a little outdated. It doesn't make a ton of sense, Um, but I think that ultimately will change with adult use and needs to change. For sure. So another another thing I want to bring up. Obviously, I've toured Nick's facility. I've had conversations with Anson. And the big thing you guys are always preaching is the importance of your team, your culture. And I mean, even talking to Nick Kondo earlier this week, first thing he said to me, my team, my team, my team. Just talk a little bit about about the importance of not only having a good team, but having a really good environment. Yeah, well, I mean, culture is everything. Um, And that's what I brought to you, Brandon, when we first spoke. It's really the main point of emphasis that I wanted to bring to the table today. Um, I'm proud to say that in our uh, Ascend network, we have the highest yields. And, uh, you know, my bosses, my peers, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing special? And 
ultimately, I don't think we're doing anything special. Um, what we're doing is it's a no ego environment. As, as a leader, myself and my cultivation manager, Josh Rivas, who's a hell of a cultivator, um, there's no egos there. We're transferring our entirety of our knowledge base to our uh, section leads. We're giving them the freedom to be accountable for their spaces. Um, we're not micromanaging them, we, 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 we trust them. And ultimately, people take so much pride in their work when you give them space to be free, just in, in my experience. And when all that pride goes into their work and we hold them accountable, that positive accountability, uh, the results are, are pretty startling in a positive way. And uh, it's really, when it comes down to it, it's happy employees, happy plants. And that's a mantra that I hold very dear to me and I, uh, I take very seriously. No shit. No shit. Yeah, I mean, you're, like Nick, he's saying, you know, we're nothing without our team. And, you know, you're not a boss if you don't put your team on. You know, you're not going to you're not going to be successful if you're just trying to be me, me, me. You know, um, yeah, I agree with him on the ego thing. You know, we, we're all equal there working. You know, I get in there, get my hands dirty, just like they do with the plants every day. You know, whether it's throwing out bedding plants or, you know, doing what I got to do on the computer. I'm, I'm there for them and, you know, they're there for me, whether it's an emergency when the sprinkler breaks and the room gets flooded or something happens during construction. You know, those guys are there at three in the morning with me sometimes too when I give them a call, you know, I need help. And, you know, you know, team is everything for us you know and the culture like you know Brent you've been there you've seen our culture we really just we're a bunch of you know weed guys who love the plants who love the patients and love what we're doing and you know we come together and you know even on bad days rough days or tough days these guys have you know put put the put this put the you know put it behind them and they're kind of you know gas on the glass to the floor and they're ready to go so I think that without the team you know we're not getting anything done anyway so team is the important thing for us and you know like um with with our with our guys, you know, they work long, crazy hours. We got a ton of plants, and you know, staffing and stuff takes a while. With background checks, and you know, these guys are essentially, you know, there's 12 guys sometimes doing the work, 25 guys, and you know, these guys work long, long hours, and I wouldn't, you know, successful without them. So, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, as a leader, you're in that position because you have experience, so you are going to have a lot of great ideas, right? But ultimately, it's the best idea wins. And as a leader, it's my job to understand where the, the, those ideas are coming from, give those people credit, build those people up, and get my hands dirty with them. You can't do something that you wouldn't do yourself. This is what I, I tell my people is uh, champions only. It's like, we're the best. You know what the best is in your mind's eye, so just do it. If you see something wrong, say it. And if you ever have a question, champions only. Champ, we just be the best cut no corners and that I mean that's it just literally do not cut any corners and keep saying something until it's right do not stop just don't stop you're my eyes champions only and that's and that's just be the best and just continually optimize 100% of the time best just be the best champions only anybody that's ever worked work with me knows that I say that like a like I'm crazy about it. Champions only. When we look at fucking cuts and we decide on what we're keeping, uh, if it's not perfect, champ, kill it. Champions only. Like, we only want the best. Fuck it. We'll take the time and do it over. It just doesn't matter. If it's not if it's not right, it's not right. Do it over. That's, you know, and that's, that's just how it is. And there's no punishment. There's no any. It's just do it. Do it right. Do it right now. Yeah, I, 
a fantastic point, man. Um, you know, to to that though, is you know, I think just like everybody said, I think it's you know, the culture is very important because we do have a lot of things in this industry, you know, including the background checks and everything else, that make it hard to put somebody in those in those shoes. So you do need folks that are going to come in and, and do the work, and it's often going to be the. Now, from the top to the bottom, everybody's responsibility is the plants and the cleanliness, the facility, you know. So, you know, I have our operations, you know, and, uh, you know, my supervisor, he'll come in, he says, hey, what do you guys need help with? And it's like, well, uh, you know, flower one is, uh, you know, ready to get clean. Puts his scrubs on, goes in there and does it. And then he gets on the phone and talks to the CEO after, you know, and it's like, we're, we're there late into the night, we're there early in the morning, and everybody's going to do every job and make sure that, you know, we we hit those goals and, and, and keep our facility clean and, um, you know, produce produce medicine. Because, you know, to the point of the previous thing, in New Jersey, we have zero allowance of pesticide. So we can't use it. Even the safest uh, fungicides and, uh, you know, pesticides or anything, if it has an EPA number on it, we cannot use it. So we have to be, uh, you know, including things like hydrogen peroxide, as far as I, as far as I know. Um, so we have to just clean and just be, make sure that we never, um, we're, we're never getting any, you know, molds or, you know, um, insects in our environment because treat for that is going to be a very challenging. Um, what do you do agriculture and you can't use agricultural products? <laughs> Dr. Kenobi, please come out and talk to the to the, to the folks of the Department of Health. Uh, we can use the stuff. Yeah. And so, what, so what is cannabis classified as? Because it's obviously not an agricultural product. It's not an industrial product. Right. What it, I've exempted whatever though. So, but like that's very minimal as well. So, and then biologicals for you know every much what we do. Yep. <laughs> same. Same. So many therapy. Um, fucking don't. It scrubs and damn wash your hands wear some gloves um beard they, they suck beard nuts, yeah for sure so when the marine layer comes and brings all that humidity and puts all that fungus in the air and man yeah dude greenhouse it's tough <laughs> it's tough it's a challenge it's a challenge and i mean it it's, it's uh you know as well as any of us that you know to produce clean cannabis at scale um, you know, we're, I, I think all, all of us are, you know, uh, are certainly have, you know, um, you know, uh, we want the clean cannabis and we want it for So there, there's no tolerance for anything with an EPA number. It's class fail. Uh, well, again, they don't tell us what, uh, yeah, it's, there's no way that they could test for everything. Yeah. Certain things like, uh, there's no batch testing. Are you, do you have any plans of coming to New Jersey to do some cultivate? The Garden State. So lots of greenhouses in Jersey. Um, I know a guy that does uh, pretty cool um, uh, RO systems for those giant greenhouses. John Perry, he does the most reliable reverse osmosis systems for large-scale cultivation you'll ever get. Um, mm, I don't know. Maybe. If there's, a, a, you know, some synergy and, you know... I'm I'm definitely into it if the situation is correct and you know it makes sense because New Jersey um, has the infrastructure to, to pump out the volume and the quality obviously there's not a lot of money in flowers but I've seen what you know 
in Carpinteria, those greenhouses going from growing orchids and Gerber daisies to cannabis and going from making margin penny margins to making cannabis margins. Um, I, yeah, I don't see why it doesn't happen in New Jersey. Um, and those those guys with those uh, with those those houses, and there's a lot of glass houses out there. So those guys with those glass houses are once they convert over, those will be the dominant players in the game. Yeah. They'll just dom- dominate everybody on quality and volume. It's just there's no way to compete with a glass greenhouse. So let me ask you guys. Let me ask you a question because uh, you mentioned scaling, and, and you guys are all working obviously at a big, a larger scale. Obviously, you know, with with both 420 Indie Events and Minority Cannabis Academy, we're obviously fighting for social equity. And in New Jersey right now, that's the micro businesses. So with the micro businesses, the largest they can have is a 2,500 square foot canopy. It could be 24 feet high. And, you know, when we think about that, like, you know, obviously it's going to limit how much, you know, how much revenue they can bring in. I'm just curious what you guys thoughts are on that. I think that they're, uh, I think that 2,500 is exceptionally low. Um, I think that... You know, um, uh, are these are these businesses meant to be vertically integrated so that they can have like retail or anything like that? Well, no. With the, with the micro, they can yeah. only have one micro license. So they yeah. would just be cultivated. You're essentially a small grower at that point. Very small batch. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that they can crush it on price I mean, or whatever, but they can make a deal. You know, that's like a you know a fam- a single family operating that can make a decent living. Yeah, it's like you got to be resident. Got to have only people that work in a certain, you know, the area, you know, whatever the vicinity of the county or whatever that you're in, and things like that. So like, it's pretty for that exact reason to your family, like you know, so it could be like a six man grow. Yeah, you just yeah, gotta but- have the you gotta have the capital to make all the upgrades if if need be though on that HVAC or that DHUM or the lighting. And if it's a single family operating that, it would be very difficult to do for sure. Yeah. Investors allowed. Yeah, it doesn't sound very easy. You know, you're, putting you're not leaving right. a lot of meat on the bone for a big investor, though. I mean, you know how expensive it is to borrow yeah. money from the state. So, yeah, uh, it seems big, tough. Yeah. It, seems, it seems tough. But as with anything, this is not easy. You know, so definitely, you know, people should definitely not look look for this to be the the, the cakewalk for sure. Um, this road is rocky and all uphill. Thanks. <laughs> well, that's real shit, man. I mean, it is. It is what it is. You just you 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 just have to be persistent and persevere because the obstacles are going to come. Like, and they're laid out. I mean, you can see like there's big ones clearly laid out and marked before you even get started. So it's like you know, it's like fucking being at the base of Mount. You know, uh, the hill. You know, one. You know, what's the fucking you know a giant fucking mountain or some shit and it's like all right this motherfucker's tall as fuck i mean you see it i mean it's it's there you know and not a lot of people make it to the top you heard about people that do but you know do you really see them i don't know but you know it's 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 like that so you you can't go into it thinking you know it's it's gonna be easy but That's real shit, man. I mean, it is it is what it is. You just you 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 just have to be persistent and persevere because the obstacles are going to come if you do persevere and push through all the storms and rocky roads and hard weather. When you finally get to the top above the clouds, it's really sunny and nice, and you know you're you, you're, you're accomplished. So you know it's 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 it, it takes a, a a certain grit for sure. 
um, you definitely are going to be mentally tested. You know, uh, your feelings will get hurt. My mind has been hurt so many times by people that I loved and I thought cared about me. It's just, it's just after 16 years, you see a lot of things and, you know, yeah, I've done, a, you know, pushed a lot of plants and, you know, managed a lot of canopy, dealt with a lot of people. Um, and it's not all roses, but the, 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 the overarching percentage of it is, is, is beautiful. So, you know, I think it kind of goes back to what you guys have all said, man. It's by having, having that passion, you know, because you're going to get hit with those roadblocks. You're going to, you know, bump, bump your head. And as long as it's something that you're really dedicated to, obviously you'll push through and you'll push your team through. Yes, so, you guys, um, normally we, we, we kind of wrap these up with a, uh, you know, what's your favorite strain and why? But with you guys all being growers, I want to know what's your favorite strain that you've ever grown or your, or your best strain that you've ever grown and why? Man, that's a hard question, man. You know, it's funny. It was when we were talking about that cookie rack the other day, man. I've been that's been on my mind a lot, and it's just it's just too pretty. Man. I might have to lean on that, but I gotta say, any type of blueberry, um, it's, I just love that smell. I love walking into a room and you get a whiff of that blueberry smell, and there's there's something about that that really does it for me. Are you still growing blueberry? Sure are. Uh, I didn't say you're in the right place for blueberry. Yeah, sure do. I, I get that nostalgic smell of blueberry, even if it has the faintest. Yeah. Room, like where I'm, I'm back. Like, I, I yeah, just, we did that at, at uh, Cure Leaf too, and but the the one the one here it's is hot. it's very particular. It's very nice. It is same cut. DJ Short. Yeah, man. Uh, F4. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's funny. We just had some uh, blueberry muffin harmony that was fantastic. So, you know, looking forward to the different blueberry strains. I think for me, like the first, like, you know, I was growing, you know, doing the home grow thing for a while. And like the first time I came in a room and like, I, I hate to admit this in a room full of growers, but like it was a purple punch cross, uh, like a hurricane or something. And um, man, that shit was so frosty. I was like, you know, it's like, like early on too, frost rails. And I was like, oh shit, I got powdery mildew or something. Like, I, I was really thinking and like, that was, something that just made me excited about growing again so just any strain really that just does the transition or like when it's in veg just gets really like greasy terps and you just know that it's gonna be fire um that just makes me so excited like i just you know gives me gives me goosebumps in the summer my favorite right now for me is probably our wonka bars because like he was saying greasy terps like so it's a gmo cross and the phenol i've selected is like it's just leans just garlic and it, it it's just garlic cheesy feet's funky smell. So that's like, that's my go-to. So for me, that's probably the favorite right now. But I have some other ones that probably take the cake, but they're not out yet. So I can't really talk about them, unfortunately, but we'll talk about those. We should all hang out in person and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pass those buns. Um, but you know, for sure, the the Wonka bars is definitely something that I like growing. It grows well. It is it, very easily stressed out, but it's, it's a great plant, honestly. It smells great. Now, listen, we, we definitely got to get that in-person smoke sesh going for sure. <laughs> uh, Doc, uh, how about you, man? For me, it's either between Daywrecker Headband or 707 Headband. Both of those super duper gassy. I, they, they they did well for me for a long time. Made me a lot of money. Um, tastes 
amazing as gassy as it gets you know as old day record headband is like og of og 707 is more like a uh a, a, a not as musty of an og but the, but the buds are definitely bigger and you know it's got it's got a little more you know lemon lemon to it but it's definitely gas um though and then they branch out crazy and all the branches throw down so I'm yeah, that, that, that was that, that's what it is to me. Seven cams. What'd you say, Nick? So I'm riding a bunch of seven oh seven cam crosses too. I love the seven oh sevens. But yeah, headband is. I wish we could. You got some headband to share? <laughs> I have uh, I have cuts on the way, but yes, headband headband is in the pipeline for me. I'm really going to be focusing on OGs this uh, this fall. Well, listen, fellas. Be, be, I mean, I really appreciate y'all coming in here and kicking it with us, man. Before we go, though, one last question. Um, we obviously pride ourselves on this on our on our uh, platform, which is education. You guys have dropped so many gems in the last you know 45 minutes. What, what's the one thing you would each tell an up and coming cultivator who's just getting into this, but is but is really serious, has the passion, has the goal, has the wherewithal to get it done? What's the one piece of advice you would each give that individual? Do what works for you and stay focused. Don't chase what everybody else is doing. Yeah, I like that. Follow your dreams and, you know, whatever you put your mind to, I believe you truly can do. I started this industry, you know, four years ago, and um, I feel like I'm, you know, a lot further along than I thought I'd be four years ago when I was, you know, doing what I was doing. So I think, you know, put your mind to it, and if you want it, you can get it. Work hard. I would say, uh, I'd say be patient with yourself. Um, I think people come into the space with a false sense of a reality of it. Um, It's a lot harder than it looks. Uh, People, I've had people even say to me, I thought this would be a much chiller job, you know? And uh, (laughs) yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard work. It's back breaking work at times. The rooms are hot. Unfortunately, there's bugs in there sometimes. There's a lot of distractions. Uh, a lot of people need things from you. You got to be patient with, with yourself. And if you really want it, you really got to dedicate your time to it and be about it all the way. Yeah, hell yeah. I, w- I would just say like, you know, emotional emotional awareness and like, you know, you you can get upset. You, you, can, you can get angry. You, you can have a bad day, but you have to be consistent and you know, if you're if you expect to find yourself into a position of management, you're going to have to be able to work under pressure and you're going to have to, you know, have the ability to take a deep breath, hold someone accountable and also just just not be a dick about it or, you know, not not cuss people out or yell because that that style of growing is is common probably in like a black, more of like a black market space, but in a professional business. You know these 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 companies and the, you know the, the real opportunity for somebody as a cultivator who isn't gonna you know um, you know work work in like a black market space you're gonna you're uh, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna be able to be able to manage people and I think that you know emotional awareness is a huge piece. Bullshit, I say firm but fair. There you go, well, guys. Once again, man, I can't, I can't thank you all enough, man. This was a wonderful, wonderful experience, and I just appreciate each and every one of you guys, man. Listen, y'all, you know, there you have it. You know, we want to just thank the 420 NJ Events family for tuning in. 
Make sure you guys have those notifications on. Make sure you're ready for whenever we drop our next episode. This has been a Higher Learning with 420 NJ Events Podcast. Until next time, medicate responsibly. Let's go. All right, y'all, there you have it. This has been the Higher Learning with 420 NJ Events Podcast, where it's always 420. Did you learn something new? Did you guys find this valuable? If you did, please like, comment, or subscribe. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Thanks for watching. Peace.